some feedback, would you, in the chat? See where we're at here. Bear with us. Bear with us, everybody. Looks like we're waiting. All right, we'll see if we're live, because if I pop up on the screen here, then we know we're live. So bear with me, everybody. All right. Have I popped up on your screens, people? Have I? Ah. Oh, apparently I have. I have popped up on the screen. I think there might be a lag. There may be a lag. Looks good, sounds good. All right, so now we're good. Wake up, Matthew, Dominic Roy. I'm, I'm wide awake, <laughs> and there's no worries about that. I'm pumped. I am just um, trying to navigate the blooming technology as per usual. So I, I'm just going to start right from the top then, because I have no idea what was live, what wasn't live. So um, you sit there, we're going to get live, well we are live, but I'm going to start in a minute, because I have to recompose myself now, get rid of the confusion and come in strong with clarity. So chat it up, chat it up. Yes, I am. Matthew's a pop-up. He is a bobblehead. That's loud and clear. I am a bobblehead pop-up. That's right. I'm feeling like a bobblehead pop-up today. All right. So we're good. I just need a little confidence from my um, technical crew here. Do we have... Uh, they still look confused. I'm not confused. I'm seeing it. I'm on like 2% power, so I'm going to be dead in a minute here. Computer rise. Grandpa, Diesel Grandpa, we see you. We hear you, emissary of Elohim, blooming bits, exactly. 
The joys of being live, exactly. I'm going to have myself a Topo Chico. It's been a few weeks since I've had some good quality mineral water from south of the border. Are you allowed to say that anymore? I mean, you never know. That could be racist. Are you allowed to say south of the border? I mean, I don't know. I mean, everything is nowadays, isn't it? Good grief. Are we good? Are we golden? Dougie Dougie looks very, very confused. He's not sure. He's not confident. There's no clues. All right. I'm going for it. I'm going to just go for it because you guys let me know. We are in Torah portion, Taruma. We are in Exodus chapter 25, verse 1. I'm going to start from the top. And uh, bear with me if I'm repeating myself. It's always good to get more word in. So Taruma means to bring me an offering. Bring me an offering. And it begins in Shemot, Exodus chapter 21. Exodus chapter 25, verse 1. And Taruma is an offering that is lifted up. It means to be lifted up. And the context of it found in the Brit Hadashah is Romans 11, verse 16. And of course, John speaks of Yahusha in John chapter 12, verse 32, where Yahusha refers to himself as this offering. For if the first fruit is holy... The lump is also holy, and if the root is holy, also the branches. So this one piece being offered as a sacrifice would sanctify the whole harvest. It was called the heave offering. So what would happen? Yahusha, of course, fulfills terumah, the offering. For when the first portion is deemed holy, then the rest of the lump, by identification, is also holy. Yahushua referring to himself, And if I be lifted up from the earth, I will draw the rest of the harvest, the rest of the lump, all men unto me. Yahushua coming in the flesh so that he represents all that he would sanctify you and I. The one piece sanctifying the whole of the harvest, the heave offering. Now, on the mountain, Moshe is told, after the pattern showed to Moshe on the mountain. So the whole purpose of the tabernacle is to show us a pattern on how to live. Because it is a tripartite tabernacle, meaning there is the Kadosh Ha Kedoshim, the Holy of Holies. There is the Kadosh place, the holy place. And then there is the court. Because ultimately, Yahweh is going to tell us how to build up our lives, our temple tabernacle system, through the spirit, the heart of man, the Kadosh Ha Kedoshim, which only has one piece of furniture in it. Then the soulish realm, the mind, which is the Kadosh place, the holy place, and then the outer garment, the flesh, the court. The reason the tabernacle appears here in Exodus chapter 25 is because the Torah commandments were never given chronologically. 
Case in point, after the manna week in Exodus chapter 16, verse 32, Moshe instructs Aaron to lay up the manna in the Ark of the Testimony. But the Ark of the Testimony didn't even get created or invented. The instruction wasn't even given about it until this chapter. So how could Aaron lay up the manna in the Ark that hadn't even been given in its perception? Because the Torah commandments are thematic. They are not chronological. The construction of the tabernacle was actually after and was a response to the golden calf sin. Even Rashi, Rashi, the Jewish rabbi, acknowledges that the tabernacle construction and instruction was only a response to the golden calf after Exodus 32. Because Yahweh's original design, his perfect will, was to tabernacle with all 12 tribes and the sojourner and that they would be a holy priesthood and a holy nation. But because of the golden calf, they were no longer going to be a holy priesthood and a holy nation. They would be a nation with a priest and they would no longer have the presence of Yahuwah within them, they would have to go and construct a tabernacle and Yahuwah would lay out the instructions on how to live. He would place them under the book of the law, a schoolmaster, a tutor, and this is our tutorial. And it wasn't until Yahushua fulfilled the Torah and paid the death penalty position that we could become a holy nation of Malkitzedic priests again. So this instruction today is how we are to be built. The tabernacle divided into three distinct areas. The most holy place defining the heart of man. The holy place, the mind or soulish area, and the court representing the body. And in the most holy place, the Kadosh HaKedoshim, we have one piece of furniture, the ark, because Jeremiah the prophet tells us that Yahweh would make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not the church, but with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, and he would first go to the ark, the heart, the inward man. That's where the real change has to happen. Because if we haven't been touched in the ark and converted, then all we're doing is building a religious construction from the outside in. We have to begin inside, and then the change starts to work outwardly. That's what this is all about. And we're to do it willingly with his heart. Exodus chapter 25, verse 1, it is written, And Yahweh spoke unto Moshe, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they bring me an offering of every man that gives it willingly with his heart. Ye shall take my offering. Now, to give willingly or to nadav means to give in freedom, that it would flow from within. It has to flow. Ephesians 2 verse 19 speaks of the greater tabernacle, the more perfect tabernacle, and it cannot be understood without looking at the first tabernacle right here. The writer of the book of Hebrews, 
says in the 8th chapter and the 5th verse, who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things, as Moshe was admonished of Elohim when he was about to make the tabernacle. For see, saith he, that thou shalt make all things according to the pattern shown to thee on the mount. So we've got to understand the pattern. Exodus chapter 25 verse 8 and let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them according to all that I show thee after the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all of the furnishings thereof even so shall ye make it. Now you may have noticed there's two words that are translated oftentimes as tabernacle. Um, one, of course, is Mishkan, Mishkan, and the other is Ochel, Ochel. And, and that generally speaks of an overhanging tent apparatus. And the Mishkan is the, all of the items that lift it up, all of the items that lift it up. So the Ochel is the overhanging tent apparatus, but the Mishkan is the construction that lifts it up. And the root of this word is achal, achal, which means to radiate or to shine forth. And our, what, what are we supposed to be? A light unto the nation. That can only happen not by us replicating religious behavior. It can only happen if we are built from the inside out. And then if we are lifted up inside a mishkan, then eventually our overhanging apparatus, our flesh, the ohel, will let the light that is from in shine out. But you just can't whitewash the outside. And isn't that what Yahushua said? You're just white. All you've done is deal with the ohel, the overhanging apparatus. But you haven't gone inside and dealt with the Mishkan, which is all about being built properly from the ark to the other pieces of furniture. And that's what we're going to learn today. So this is very cool because you and I want to radiate and shine forth in this sick, dark and twisted world, don't we? Wherever we go. Now, the root or building block of Mishkan is Shakan, Shakan. And this is fabulous because the word is translated as to dwell or to remain or to habitate or to continue. And it first appears in Genesis chapter 3, verse 24. So Mishkan's root or Torah of first mention is Shakan. And that comes from, so he drove out the man and he placed at the east of the garden cherubim, cherubim, and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way to the tree of life. Because ultimately, if we get the build right of conversion, inward change, to outer radiation and reflection, we will return to the garden the way we were most supposed to live, Yahuwah's perfect will, because that is where we were to dwell to Shakan originally. 
the words he placed is literally he um, the words he placed right there in Genesis 3 verse 24 and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden is he caused to dwell he shakan shakan is also the word for your neighbor your neighbor what what does that mean what's the connection ultimately Yahweh through the construction of the tabernacle he shows us that he chooses to dwell in a clean place he chooses to burn up sin and he chooses to separate from profanity so if we're to be believers then we must align ourselves with his nature which is kedoshah holiness we are to build from our heart from the ark the very structure that he desires us to become so the sanctuary here is mikdash and it means a hallowed place hallowed be thy name right let thy will be done in our life well only if we're living a hallowed life from the inside out a place of separation we must come out from amongst them especially in today's world you can see how profane it is let's look at the first piece of furniture the heart the ark of the testimony exodus 25 verse 10 and they shall make an ark of acacia wood two and a half cubits long and a cubit and a half wide and a cubit and a half high so if the ark represents the heart then the heart is the residence and power of where Yahweh dwells right that's his residence and where his power dwells and the Hebrew word for ark is achron the achron and the root of that is to gather to gather so the container if the ark or the heart is the container it is the container of what the book of the covenant we need to have the book of the covenant in our heart and then we won't replicate messianic behavior we won't replicate church behavior we will live as the priesthood because in the ark is the Malkitzedic book of the covenant and we will learn to live as priests on this earth priests on this earth it's interesting to note that Aaron Achron it's feminine in its gender because the bearer think about this and this analogy here the the feminine because the bearer of the ark or the word of Yah because the word of Yah is placed in the ark right so the bearer of the word of Yah is always feminine in gender what's the connection Miriam Miriam is the connection the word would be housed the word I am the word right Yahushua said the word would be housed for nine months in a feminine container called Miriam that's why Yochanan introduces Yahushua to us as the word of Yah who took upon flesh and Shakan from Mishkan dwelt among us it goes back to the tabernacle because the ark is the Acharon, the feminine container that contains the word of Yah. Miriam 
was the ark that housed the word of Yah who came to Mishkan Shakan dwell amongst us so that we could then have our hearts transformed and then we could be changed from the inside out and finally be delivered from sin. And that's pretty heavy if you think about it. Look at the acacia wood. Now, the ark is overlaid with gold. Gold represents deity. And the wood represents humanity because there's the connection there between deity and humanity. Gold, the Hebrew word there is zachav. It means to a shining or bring forth a brightness. And we know that Yahushua is declared to be the brightness of Yahweh's glory in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. And gold was always the substance of the kingship. Always. So the ark is the testimony of Yahuwah. And the Hebrew word there for testimony is the Hebrew word edut, which means to be a witness. So the ark is Yahuwah's witness, a witness of his character and nature. Because inside of it is the book of the covenant that was ratified by the blood. So think about this. If we are replicating religious church behavior that doesn't contain the book of the covenant, are we following the pattern? That's a lawless pattern. And if we're following um, um, the traditions of the Jews, the so-called Jews, the Ashkenazi, the Talmud and the Mishnah, was that in the ark? No. What was in the ark? The book of the covenant. But now we have the whole picture because we have the Mashiach who shows us how to live it. The reason the world is in such trouble is because the church abdicated their responsibility to living the book of the covenant. So now there is profanity that has permeated believers' lives because they have no identity of what is holy and what is profane. It's all acceptable. Well, it's not all acceptable to the one true living Elohim. He is an Elohim of Kedushah. It's all about separation and holiness, and outside is profanity. That's who he is. That's the nature of the construction of the tabernacle. The heart is where Yahuwah's word is to reside. And from this heart, there are four rivers, four valves come out of your heart. And the blood throws throughout your body, Eden. And in the Garden of Eden, out of the Garden of Eden flew, flowed four rivers. It's representing the heart and the valves and that ultimately our body is to come back to Eden through this whole work of the tabernacle because the heart is where Yahuwah's Torah resides and from this heart of the land of four rivers or valves went out from Eden to water the garden, Genesis 2.10. Does the word of Yahuwah, once it's housed inside us, does it water our garden? Right? And you bear fruit. Right? With your families, with your descendants. We are to live as a watered garden. 
meaning it's the source of water to give life to your generations and a picture of the source of living water. My generations are changed. My whole, my family is changed because Yahweh changed me and my wife. My family back in England, they're a whole different, whole different breed than what I am. They're a whole different nature. They've got thousands of years of history that's just lagging them down. I am a totally new creation. And my children are generationally and geographically different. Because their mother and father were changed. And they've been raised totally differently. It's huge. It's huge. You see it. Our garden is totally different. Because we did what Abraham did. We crossed over from some rotten soil that was producing some real bad fruit back there in England. And we crossed over into a new land to produce a better fruit. Richer soil. That's called being a Hebrew, one who crosses over from one soil to another. And that only happened when we met Moshiach. And he changed our ark because the word was written on our heart and then that started to permeate our holy place and then that started to change what we did with our outer court. And it still happens today, every single day. This is the amazing life. John chapter 7 verse 38. He that believes on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. You see the Genesis Garden of Eden connection. It's all there in the language. <laughs> now let's get to Exodus chapter 25 verse 12 and we get to the four gold rings. There's two on each side for which to place the two staves. And of course, you had to have the staves to carry the ark, otherwise you'd be in a world of trouble that we learn later in the narrative if you put it on the back of an ox cart. Now, what do these staves represent? What do the golden rings and the staves represent? Perfect balance and guidance of moving the ark through life. Because if our ark has been changed, Jeremiah 31, 31, we now need perfect guidance and perfect balance to be able to walk through the rest of our lives, right? And we have to do that. You can't just throw us on the back of an ox cart because that is going to bring chaos. So it takes two to provide that balance. That's why there's two staves. What is the two? Within the ten mitzvot, you see that there is perfect balance there because five of the mitzvot are horizontal, man and man, and five of the mitzvot are vertical, man's relationship with the Creator. Perfect balance. For perfect balance to happen, Yahuwah and man have to be in harmony. They have to be in harmony by being a carrier for the word of Yah. You have to be a carrier for the word of Yah. It's only when we read the script, not commentaries on the scripture, not listening to podcasts, and I appreciate everybody listening to, to this, and I'm reading the word, but I hope that you're reading the Torah portion before you get here on Shabbat, yourself, 
So then I hopefully can bring more sense, uh, not necessarily more sense, but a different a viewpoint and maybe something you hadn't thought about to motivate and encourage and edify you, but hopefully to help you make connections in the Word and with others so that we can grow together. And many people out there help me as well, and I appreciate that because we're all in the tribal family together, and that's what's so amazing. Blessings in life flow only through the oneness, not man alone. When I try and do things on by my own, it brings chaos. Now check this out. Staves is the exact same word for alone. Staves in the Hebrew. It's the exact same word for alone. Meaning, without being in perfect balance and harmony with the word, man is going to feel alone. He is going to be alone, even with if he's with another man, even with he, if he's in a, a room full of men, he will feel alone when he retires at night because there is no word in him. That's why the world is lonely. People get so alone. Why? Man is alone even if he is with another. That's why unequally yoked unions are lonely and not harmonious. Because we have to have man and Yah housed together in the ark through his word for there to be balance. Otherwise, there's never going to be balance. Torah, likewise, without blood ratification, book of the covenant is death. Because inside the ark was the book of the covenant. It wasn't a bunch of church doctrine. It wasn't a bunch of Judaism. It's the book of the covenant that goes in the ark. Jeremiah 31, 31. Let's go to Exodus Shemot, chapter 25, verse 17. So we need to see that everything needs to be balanced. The book of the covenant is the balancing equalizer in the blood of Yahushua, doesn't it? Balance is everything. Before, I was all about New Testament grace. Then the pendulum swam, swang, swang out of balance and I became messianic. It was Torah, Torah, Torah. And then there were a ton of people like, oh, we're going right into Judaism. Right? Well, they've gone totally out of balance. Balance is when you realize that man is to live the book of the covenant which is placed inside the ark that is blood ratified by the work of Mashiach. Then you're at balance. Now the New Testament and the Old Testament, the prophets, it's all in harmony. There's no striving anymore. It's amazing. Exodus Shemot 25 verse 7, kaporet in the Hebrew, mercy seat. I love the translation of this in Romans 3.25. The propitiation for sin. Propitiation. Mercy seat. Kaporat. Kaporat. So the covenant of Yahweh must be ratified by atoning blood. And only after this ratification is placed on the ark is the heart of the most holy complete. It's only when my heart is sprinkled by the blood of Yahushua can I begin to get in balance in my life.
It has to start there. Otherwise, I'm just a whitewashed tomb. I am trying to build my tabernacle from the outside in. No, we have to build it from the inside out, and it starts by blood ratification over the ark of the heart. I mean, this is the picture that he's showing us. We need to come into the blood of the book of the covenant. The blood of Yahushua is what sprinkles it. The mercy seat is to be the place where the blood is to be sprinkled by the Kohen Haggadah, the high priest. The mercy seat and the ark together, they form one vessel. And we are all one in Messiah. So our approach to all things has to be Bible. And it has to be all things Bible, all things Yahweh, all things Moshiach. And they must all be superseded by the blood. We can't come to Yahweh without the blood. We can't come to Messiah without recognizing his crucifixion, resurrection, and that he's sitting on the right hand. We can't approach the word without the blood. The only way we can approach Yahuwah, Mashiach, the word, religion, anything, has to be through the blood. Otherwise, we're whitewashing our tombs. And the difference between two different words for tabernacle is ohel, the outer hanging apparatus, and then the mishkan, that which holds up everything inside. And if we're just dealing with the outward man, that's, the out, that's all the overhanging apparatus. That's the ohel. That's what Yahushua accused the Pharisees. You guys are just cleaning the ohel. You're just dealing with the outward appearance. You're just dealing with the overhanging tent apparatus. You're just whitewashed tombs. You need to be dealing on the inner construction, the shakan, the dwelling place. And it starts by the heart and the four valves that come out of it. And that heart must first of all be sprinkled by the blood of Messiah and it must contain the book of the covenant so that you can follow my whole instructions. It's not a New Testament that's in here. It is the whole of the word. It is book of covenant sprinkled by the blood so that you can start to live a holy life in a sick and twisted world because I'm the Elohim of Kedushah, holiness. And that changes your mind, the holy place, and your body, the outer court. So, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, it is written, For by kaporot, for by the mercy seat, for by grace are ye saved through faith. And that not of yourselves it is a gift of Yah, not of the overhanging apparatus, not of works, not of whitewashed tombs, lest any man should boast, for we are his workmanship created in Messiah Yahushua unto Achron, an ark. Good works, which Yah hath before ordained that we should walk in them. This is powerful stuff. This is powerful stuff. <coughs> I'm not sure if I've jumped ahead because of the um, the live stream. I'm hoping I'm on track because I feel like I'm teaching things twice. Maybe I am. It's all right. I'm I, I'm I'm 
I'm enjoying it. I hope you're gathering with me. I'm like, did I repeat myself? I feel like I'm, I'm having a deja vu. Am I live? Have I done this before? I'm just going to continue trucking on through the tabernacle. Exodus, Shemot chapter 25 and verse 18. Dougie Dougie and the Get Fresh crew, are we doing okay? All right. I need some... I need some confidence boosters here. Oh, look, he's showing me a picture of myself live. All right, I'm back. Cherubim, 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 cherubim. Ruth, chapter 2, verse 12. What's that got to do with cherubim? I have no idea. Let's see. Yahuwah, recompense thy work and a full reward to be given thee by Yahuwah, Elohim of Israel, under whose wings thou art come to trust. God, cherubim, cherubim are all about what? We need to trust Yahweh. They are there to show us, to trust Yahweh. That is a perfect picture of trusting Yahweh, is the cherubim. Ruth describes that perfectly in chapter 2, verse 12. Next, we move out to the holy place. And the holy place teaches us about the relationship between the heart, the Kadosh HaKadoshim, the Holy of Holies, the mind, the Kadosh place, the holy place, and the body, the outer court. So as we move from the heart, the spiritual man, to the holy place, the next place that Yahweh begins to change in those that trust him. So this is a picture of our life. First he changes the Kedosh HaKedoshim, the heart, and it can only happen if the heart is sprinkled, the mercy seat is sprinkled by the blood of Yahushua. And it must contain the word of Yah. But it can't be just this New Testament concept. Because inside the ark is not just the New Testament. It is the book of the covenant. And the New Testament is a commentary on the book of the covenant because it is Malkitzedek in its inception and fulfillment. So you better have the right word in the ark. And then from there, because there's been an absolute change, you're now going to start to live differently. And then it's going to affect your thinking. Because stinking thinking leads you to a defiled court. So we naturally have stinking thinking. So it is the heart that changes our thinking. I used to enjoy doing pagan things. But then when the word resided in my heart, then there was a conviction and it changed my mind. And then my mind changed my senses. The things that used to smell good to me, they became repulsive to me. I used to like the smell of bacon. But because the word was residing in my heart, it changed my mind. That my sense would make me gag. Because there was a change. I don't care how much garlic butter I could put on the lobster. Now, because the book of the covenant, Torah, was in my heart, my mind had changed. And eventually my senses would change. 
Because that's what happens. It's a free flow from the Kadosh HaKadoshim to the Kadosh place to the outer court. But if you try and replicate outward behaviors, oh, I'm going to clean up my outer court. I'm going to go to a 10-step program. It will fail. I went to Narcotics Anonymous when I was 22 years old. I did. I was living in London. I was doing some crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. I'm like, you know what? I think I'll be dead by this time next month if I don't do something. I'm going to go to Narcotics Anonymous. One of my friends at, at work said, yeah, I'll go with you. <laughs> I went to Narcotics Anonymous. I sat in there in the meeting and I was like, these are some messed up people. I ain't that man. I'm not, I am not messed up like that. I am no way messed up like that. These people are messed up. I left. I went and found my dealer and I went and start, you know, because I was thinking that I would change the outer court. And it failed, and it failed, and it failed, and it failed. And it was only years later when Yahushua came into my heart, sprinkled by the blood. And my heart changed, and then my thinking, I was, and then my, I was delivered one step, one step program. It's a one step program, it's that simple. I've been to all of the anonymous places. I had a keychain. You know? I think I used the Narcotics Anonymous to open paraphernalia, the Narcotics Anonymous keychain. You know? It didn't work. Trying to oversharing. My wife's like, he's oversharing, he's oversharing. I'm so embarrassed. This is not my husband. Yes, I know. But she, you know, she found me when I was on the street. So, that's just the truth. The truth is the power of the Ark of the Covenant and what is contained in it and that it is sprinkled firstly and foremost by the blood. That's the only transformation. That's the only transformation. It has to be real because I trust Yahuwah. I see the cherubim, the cherubim all around me. I've met angels. Have you met angels? I've met angels. Malachim, cherubim. Messengers of Yahuwah. The holy place now, this is the soulish error of the mind. This will give us the power for ministry if we can harness it. If, that's a big if, ifs and buts. Big ifs and big buts. You've got to be careful because you've got to control the power of the mind or conversely, the pull of the entanglements of the world will ensnare you if your thinking is not changed by the Ark of the Covenant. Because the heart tells the mind and the mind instructs the body what to do. So the ultimate source of guidance and direction for the mind is found in the Ark or the heart. That's why religion fails. That's why Narcotics Anonymous oftentimes it's not transformative. Yes, I mean, maybe it does, but I'm not as bad as those people. It was actually most probably worse, but just higher functioning. Okay? I was high functioning. 
in all of those things. I would go to work and find, I mean, I was like, woohoo, high functioning. Oh, they're in the gutter. Well, they were just maybe a little bit more advanced stages than me. Oh, my goodness, what a life. Exodus chapter 25, verse 23. The showbread which sits upon the table. The table here is the Hebrew word shulkan, shulkan. Guess what the Greek word for shulkan is, table. Apostello, apostello. Apostle, apostle. Where we get the apostles from? Shulkan, shulkan, table. What does this mean? The bread of the word is carried to all 12 tribes by the apostles, you. Those that are sent out for a specific purpose. That's all an apostle means. It's not a highbrow churchman. The first apostle was the raven, sent out for a specific purpose. That's all it means. You're an apostle. If you, Yahweh sends you out for a specific, I need to go down to this guy's house and I need, to, I need to give him the word. Well, you are an apostle at that point. If Yahweh instructed you to go do that, he's going to say to you, Ryan, you are sent out to school to go into the school classroom and witness of the great majesty of what Yahweh has done in your life. You are an apostle at that moment. And you have an anointing to do such a thing. Isn't that powerful? So, the bread of the word is carried to all 12 tribes, all 12 loaves by the apostles, the carriers and vessels of the bread of Yahweh. And ultimately, we're to eat at the king's table. That's what showbread is, meaning we're to share the bread, the word together. The problem with the church is that their bread, the word that they're sharing, is polluted and leavened. Right? And what does Malachi say about that in the first chapter and the seventh verse? Ye offer polluted bread upon mine altar. That's a problem. And ye say, in what way have we polluted thee? In that ye say the table of Yahweh is contemptible. Meaning it's profanable. Oh, this is acceptable in the church. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, you can bring the world in. Oh, yeah, yeah. That doesn't matter. Oh, yeah. You've, you've just made it profane no it's not okay that's okay for the heathen because they're godless but not in not in not in the faith that's not acceptable read your bible paul said paul said to the corinthians i don't tell you as to the heathen to go and judge them we're not to judge them they're, they're, they're not of our they're not of us we're to judge ourselves and our people if you're going to come into the house of Israel, then you need to live holy and not profane. Bread of life, new life, a regenerated life. The bread is to be on the table, and this is a life-sustaining bread. Amos says in the 8th chapter and the 11th verse, Behold, the dayeth come, saith Yahuwah Elohim, that I will send a famine in the land, but not a famine of bread nor of thirst for water, but for the hearing of the words of Yahuwah, because that's what the bread really is, isn't it? Deuteronomy tells you that in the fourth chapter, and Yahushua quotes that in Matthew chapter 2, to the devil. The devil. 
Then we get to the dishes and the spoons. And what did the dishes and the spoons contain? Frankincense. Frank oh, I used to have some essential oils. Man, I would take a bath before I came down here with frankincense and myrrh. My, my wife's watching. We need to get some more frankincense and myrrh. Pour that in the bath with some Epsom salts. Oh, it was good. That was, I haven't done that in a while. You do some of that again. And you would spread that over the bread. Not, not the Epsom salts, but the frankincense. Lechem panaim, lechem panaim, literally means the bread of his face, showbread, the bread of his face. Yah uses bread to speak and symbolize of his presence. Yah's presence is experienced in the bread of his word. We won't really experience his presence unless we're in his word. And oftentimes when we're in his word is when we experience his presence or we're praying his word but outside of his word how can you really experience his presence you have to be in his word matthew chapter 4 verse 4 man shall not live by bread alone but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of yah so the comparison is literal bread that gives body and life to the body with the bread of yah but the bread of Yah is more so. It gives the life to the soul and the spirit of all 12 tribes that sit upon the stack of showbread. So the presence of Yah is found in the bread of life, his words. And Yahushua said, my words are spirit and they are life. And it's the word of Yah that transformed me. It transformed me. I remember when I first came to Yahushua and I went back to see my mum and we went all up around the Cotswolds together and I was with my mum and my sister and I had just like, I just like recently got saved in the past couple of months and I had, and I had this, you know, this big puffy North Face coat, it was cold, it was springtime in England and we were traipsing around the Cotswolds and um, my mum and my sister would be doing all this and I had this, my Bible with me. And I'd be like reading it and I'd like sit down on a bench and my mom was like, what's up with this and you and this Bible thing? Because I just like, I was newly transformed and I just had to get more. I just had to know about what was happening to me. And I would get up in the morning and they would go down to breakfast in the hotel and I'd be like, okay, there's got to be a church. And I'd go up to the local church. It was like a Catholic church. And then the next one was Episcopal, Palean church. I would try and everything, you know. And I had my little Bible and my North Face coat with me. And I was obsessing over it. My mum was like, you and this Bible thing, you know. So then I bought her one, a big one. I said, put it by your bed. She was like, you're weird. But, you know, that's what I did. Because that's what I knew. And when my wife and I then came into faith that's what we would do we'd just sit in our bed at night and we'd play bible roulette she'd just read us the bible first i'd just open the bible wherever it opened we'd read it and the first thing we ever me memorized was matthew chapter 7 verse 13. narrow is the road that leads to life and few are on it and small is the gate broad is the road that leads to destruction that was the first verse it's amazing and that was the building blocks in our heart, in our ark, because we were sprinkled. And then it affected our mind and our thinking, and it changed our bodies and what we do. Isn't that amazing? It's all right here. 
Second Corinthians chapter six. Wherefore come out from among them and be ye separate, says Yahweh, and touch not the unclean thing. And I will receive you and be a father unto you. So think about the showbread, the 12 loaves, the frankincense and the eating of the bread by the priests when? The bread would be replaced every Sabbath and you would eat of the bread, the old bread, the matured bread every Sabbath by coming together and eating of the bread. What are we to do? We're to come together every Sabbath, and we're doing it right now. We're eating the bread. Do you know where the rabbis came up with the idea of the Torah portions? From the showbread. Is that you eat the bread, the bread lays on the stack all week, the reading of the Torah portion all week, and then on the Shabbat you replace it with a new Torah portion for the upcoming week, and you midrash discuss or eat of the bread that has been on the rack all week. That's the Torah portion. That's what we're doing. This is where it came from. It's thousands of years old. Yahushua was reading from the half Torah of the Torah portions when he was called up in the synagogue, in the Brit Hadashah. Isn't that powerful? It comes from the showbread. And you put pure frankincense on each row as a memorial. The term pure frankincense is leveno and is the cognates of the words for white and for moon. And there are phases of the moon and ultimately the moon becomes white and big and pure. So the word for frankincense implies pureness as in white linen and the cycles of renewal in our life by the application of the word in action. We are to renew our life. It's only the word that renews our life and it renews us to purity. Isn't that amazing? It's all right here. Isaiah 1.18, your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. So Yahuwah's pure holiness is to be seen in his people who are the testimony and witness of his bread of life, Yahushua. We as the people are compared to the moon, which means we're connected to the Hebrew word lavan, lavan, to be white, just as the moon has its phases. So Yahuwah's desire is to what? Take you and renew you through phases of purification by the word being in you. He wants to make us a pure and holy people. And how do we do that? The 12 loaves were to be eaten on the weekly Shabbat and replaced with new ones for the next seven days. And that's how we're to do it. But we got to have the bread read for the week, the Torah portions, come and eat it together on the Shabbat. So remember, go to TorahToTheTribes.com forward slash connect and you can join Shabbat Fellowship in the mornings on Shabbat and they're eating a wonderful amount of bread. And a lot of that bread is not only just the word, but hearing the word come out of other believers.
connections, 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 because those bread, those loaves were not alone, were they? They were not alone. Let's look at the menorah, Exodus chapter 25, verse 31. And menorah comes from the Hebrew word nur, or light, or light. The nur, or light, forms the middle of the word, the middle or center column of the word menorah, when menorah. The center shaft of the menorah was called the yarak, the yarak. And the word yarak is usually translated as thigh, loins, or body, the place of smelting and binding. The light of the world was smitten and bound, and by that his light shines to the world. Did I only get that? You get that too. Now, according to the rabbis, the center shaft, the yarak, burned continuously, and it was the other six branches that needed to be relit in the evening. My testimony, we've been lighting the seven-branch menorah for 15 years, Friday nights in our house for 15 years. Moshe, Moshe, tell me if this is true. How many times have we gone into the dining room late in the evening and which, which candle on the menorah is still burning and the other six are out? The Yarak. And every time, still warms my heart, my wife will always mention it, and get excited because it's never, never, um, you can never get enough of that because it's Yahusha, the Yarak, the center, and we see it all the time, the center one. I don't know why. It, 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 well, I do know why. I'm telling you why. Of course I know why. Because according to the rabbis, no, according to me, the center shaft, the Yarak, burns continuously in the Nolan house. And it is the other six branches that be, need to be relit or replaced down at Roth's IGA. These branches are, of course, the central shaft of the tree. And when Yahushua was crucified, he was crucified on a Yarak. And there were two thieves that were crucified on the tree with him and with all of their arms lifted up you have a yarak with six branches do you not it was one big tree and they were crucified around the tree hence as the roman moved around the tree he was breaking limbs of the the legs and he just because he didn't go from one prisoner, skip Yahusha in the middle, and then go to another. No, he was just working from prisoner to prisoner, and then when he get got to Yahusha, he didn't break the limbs. So again, we've got to get right. We can't get religion. We've got to get right. These branches, of course, Romans 11, are the central shaft of the tree with the branches coming up. This menorah referring to Yahusha, and of course spoken of in Revelation chapter 1, verse 20.
because we are called to bring his light to a sick, dark, and twisted world. Not our own light, but his light. The word for almonds that you see, that there were almond blossoms, is shakad. Now, the word shakad, everywhere that you see it, it is translated everywhere else as watch and to be alert. Not to fall asleep, but to be watchful and to alert, be alert. Almonds, shakad, to be translated as watch or alert. You can't be asleep, you must be sleepless. Watchful and alert, because these almond-shaped bearers of the oil for the light teach us about how we are to be the light bearers. We're to be watchful, we're to be alert, we aren't to be asleep, we are to be the sons of light, and of course we are to fill our almonds with oil of the Ruach HaKodesh, that's the parable of the ten virgins, of course. First Thessalonians 5.2, it is written, For yourselves know perfectly that the day of Yahuwah so cometh as a thief in the night. For when they shall say, Peace and safety, then, when, then, sudden destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. But ye, brethren, are not in the darkness that that day should overtake you as a thief. Ye are all sons of the light and sons of the day. We are not of the night or of darkness. Therefore, let us not slumber or sleep as do the pagan heathens, but let us watch and be sober-minded." Likewise, the parable of the ten virgins. Five took their oil in their lamps, and five didn't bother, did they? So you have to think about it, because the inner sanctuary was very, very dark. Think about the ohel, all of that over overhanging goat's hair, and all. it would have been very, very dark. There was no natural light that came in there at all. It was only the light of the menorah that illuminated the holy place. Likewise, our lives, our lives are to be ignited only by the light of Yahuwah. We do not want the outside world to enlighten us. Because that is a false light that will lead to ultimate destruction and darkness. The light of our screens, that is not what is, that's not where we get wisdom. <clears throat> Being on YouTube all the time, that light, that is not the light that we're to have. Our lives need to be ignited only by the light of Yahweh and not by man's design from outside influences. Our minds are be, to be illuminated by Yahweh's light. His light speaks forth into our whole body man. Even myself, I prefer a, a, a paper book in my hand than a screen. That's just me. I just want to read. I don't, I don't want to read a screen. When I do read a screen, it's because I'm hanging out in my outer court most of the time. Okay? I'm just being honest. Am I like some holier than that? No way. 
but I am continually vexed by my outward behavior. Why am I, what the hell, why am I doing this? I'm in Twitter, good night, and then I'm like, oh, what do 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 all right, right, come on. Oh, oh, oh another email. Oh, oh another notification. Ping. Right? And then I'm like, what the heck am I bloody phone? You know? Drives me nuts. I'm going to retire and get myself a flip phone. Like you. Right, exactly. But I'm going to turn mine off. In yes, yeah, make sure you see he's going for it right now. I mean, Henry. Psalm 119, verse 105. It is the light that is to be the lamp unto the feet and a light unto our path. Proverbs 6, verse 23. For the commandment is a lamp and the Torah is light and the reproofs of instructions are the way of light. And we are instructed to be his light unto the nations. Yeshayahu, Isaiah 49 and verse 6. I will also give thee for a light to the nations, that thou mayest be my salvation unto the end of the earth. But we broke the covenant. We failed. So the light of the world came into the world, so that he who followed Yahusha would no longer walk in darkness. But we then have light in our life because he rectified the sin of the golden calf my sin and your sin and that's why it said in first john chapter 1 verse 5 this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that yahuwah is light and in him there is no darkness at all and if we say that we have fellowship with him and we walk in darkness we are a bunch of bloody liars okay that's the english um gutter translation and we do not have the truth but if we walk in the light and he is in the light then we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Yahushua the Mashiach his son cleanses us from all sin and some people do get offended when I say the word bloody but I did come from the gutter it's true not my family but I just chose to go there. I chose to go there. Because I was lost and I was in darkness. And I had a gaping hole inside my heart. But what I learned is what begins in pain, it ends in pain. What begins in pain, ends in pain and shame. And it's only when I started to get healed from the pain that I could now end with joy. Because when you look outside into the world and you see all kinds of wickedness and you see the actions which are abominable and unclean, you also have to realize that those actions are beginning in pain. And ultimately, they always end in pain and shame. But there's a new life available to all if only they would confess and repent. Because if it can happen to me and you, 
then it can happen to any of them, can't it? But it has to be confession and repentance. It's a truly, truly amazing life, isn't it? That we get to live. If we stay in the light and we let our light shine among men. Isaiah 8.20. So what is the sum of the matter? As Solomon would say in Ecclesiastes. Well, here Isaiah says it. To the Torah and to the testimony, if they speak not according to this word, it is because there is no menorah in them. There is no light in them. So you can't be teaching a New Testament only. Because that is not the light that that Yahuwah says should shine from the holy place. The light that shines from the holy place, it must have the Torah and the testimony and be sprinkled by the blood because that is what is in the holy of holies so the holy of holies is built first and then the light that shines from the holy place has to reflect what was in the inner court the inner sanctuary the kadosh ha kedoshim you can't miss a skip or you can't skip a sanctuary and the church has skipped a sanctuary And therefore, there is no sanctuary. Because Isaiah tells us, that's the light, brethren. We are to illuminate the mind with the word of Yahuwah, the whole word, the Torah, the prophets, the writings, and the new covenant. Think about it. When we walk into the tabernacle, first our hearts must receive his testimony. Then our minds are changed through the study of his word. And then finally, our bodies respond to the commands of the mind right there's the tabernacle picture luke chapter 2 verse 3 for mine eyes have seen thy salvation which thou hast prepared before the face of all people a light to lighten the nations and the glory of the people of israel interesting as we are still on this menorah you come to the Hebrew word parat, which is translated as flowers. There were bulbs and flowers, and they extended downwards from the bowls. This word parak means to blossom, to grow, or to produce. What are we supposed to do? We're to blossom, to grow, and to produce. <coughs> By their fruit you shall know them. Now, we're also to trim our wicks. Trimming the wicks and keeping the oil in the decorative, the decorative bowls, it was performed how often? Every day. Every day we are to trim our wicks perpetually. Perpetually, the King Jimmy says. Perpetually. Perpetually. That's where we get the scriptural background of the morning and evening prayers. Think about it. The scriptural background of the morning and evening prayers. Well, each time the priest entered to trim or light the menorah, they burned the incense on the altar, and the incense on the altar is the prayers of the saints. Revelation 5.8. Oh, the connections are amazing. And again, I'm having a deja vu, as if I've taught this before. I feel like we're in a Groundhog Day thingamabob. Are you sure that we haven't done this like three times today? Are they even awake? I'm only seeing Dougie's ponytail. 
My son Moshe is like in a trance. What's happening here? I feel... Hmm. And where did Ryan go? He was here. Did I imagine he was here? How did he leave? Where the heck is he? Ryan? Where did he go? He was here, right? Oh. My goodness. Did you put something in my top of Chico? I hope that's what it is. Exodus chapter 26, verse 1. Moreover, thou shalt make the tabernacle with ten curtains of fine twined linen. So the inner covering of the tabernacle now, the inner covering. So the covering, it's different from the outer. Unlike the goat's hair and the ram skins, which were the outer covering. Think about it. The outer covering is our earthly body as we know it. And it's temporary. But here we're going to deal with our inner covering, which is eternal. So everybody's focused on the, on the outer covering, right? Oh, it's all about the ram skins and the goat's hair. Well, that's just the, that's temporary. And you know what? It stinks. It does. It stinks. You can try and shower it off and it just stink more. Once it gets wet, it stinks. But the inner covering, that is eternal. That's what we need to focus on. We're going to deal now, and we're going to finish up with the inner covering. The fine twined linen speaks of his righteousness, and that is what we need to build our inside covering with. Our inner man we need to exchange garments because at the Bema Seam judgment, if I come in my garments, they are as filthy rags. Just as the priests in the Tanakh, they would have to change their garments and we must exchange our garments. Not a change, but an extra. Oh, thank goodness. Ryan, I thought you weren't here. I thought I was imagining that you were here and then weren't. But you really are. I felt like I was in some kind of parallel universe. Huh. All right. I feel like I need to just touch you, but I have more faith than that. How old are you? 12. He's 12, and he's like, man, I do not know. I'm, I'm not sure about this fella. I think he's funny, but maybe not. Maybe he's just weird. But I'll still keep coming with my granddad because that's what we do on Shabbat. <laughs> Baruch Hashem Yahweh. Clean garments, his righteousness, as opposed to our righteousness, which is represented, of course, by filthy garments. So the distinction between the outer temporal covering and the inner eternal covering, which can only be built once there's the exchange. 
once there's the exchange. When we confess Yahushua as Messiah, we are given Yahweh's righteousness symbolized by the linen. When this happens, then the believer and Yahweh's righteousness, they become echad, they become one. Then we begin to be confronted and conformed to the image of Yahusha outwardly. We begin to be confronted by our sin. And then after the confrontation of our sin, the recognition of who we are, then there is a conforming and a transforming to Yahusha. Because I was like, oh, oh my goodness, oh, what did I do to myself for 24 years, oh my goodness, oh. a confrontation with my sin, which then brought about a conforming to his image, and then I went through my house. And I started to gather everything up and take it outside and I poured petrol all over it and burnt everything. I did. I burnt so much stuff. And I've had many brethren over the years send me videos of them burning their paraphernalia too. And I've had to redo it and redo it and re-cleanse and re-cleanse and go through my house again and again and again. You know, you just got to cleanse. Not only inwardly, but your geographical situation as well. Man, there's a lot to go for, isn't there, in this Torah portion? We're only on the, we're only on the inner bits. But think about it. Think about it. First, Yahuwah must dwell in the Ark of the Testimony between the cherubim in the most holy place, the heart. Then the mind is transformed, the holy place. And then, man, now I want to change what I'm doing with my body. Now the colors in the tabernacle are Yahuwah's way of showing us the nature of Mashiach. And I don't have time today to expand on that, but I've done so in past Terumah Torah portions. You can study it. But in Exodus, Shemot, chapter 26, verse 3, we get to the loops and the curtains. And this speaks of oneness, oneness in fellowship. Because in the set of five curtains and in the ten curtains, they're really, really grouped together as a whole. And the word here that is expressed is coupled, and it's the Hebrew word for friendship. For gathering together is chavah. To couple is the chavah, to be friends. To be coupled together, companionship, companionship. And it's expressed best, I think, in Judges chapter 20, verse 11. So all men of Israel were gathered against the city, knit together as one man. And what are we to be? Coupled together as one new man. There is neither male or female, slave or free, but we are all coupled together. That's the true Hebrew faith. True Hebrew faith is we are all people coming together. It's beautiful to me. Absolutely beautiful. In Mashiach, we are all one. 1 Corinthians 12. 
By our faith, we begin to change our minds, our behavior. His true people are to be one. And the golden clasps with the blue loops to hang them, the clasps are uh, 50 in number. Well, why 50, you may say? Because the Ruach HaKodesh is what brings that release from the old selfish nature and that really is represented as 50, as in the counting of 50, from the old nature, barley, to the new nature, wheat, between Pesach and Shavuot. You've got the transformation between Yahusha's resurrection and the indwelling of the Ruach HaKodesh into the body of Mashiach, you, on Shavuot. There's so much more, man, but I think I'm way over time because I feel like I've taught this three times today. Now, when you read about the boards and the sockets, you'll see that they represent the righteousness of Yahweh. And the righteousness of Yahweh, it does, you'll notice, the boards and the sockets, they do not touch the earth. Because if they represent the righteousness of Yahweh, meaning that our true home is not here on earth, is it? Philippians 3.20, for our citizenship is not in Washington, D.C. Our citizenship is in heaven, from which also we look for the Savior, the Master Moshiach Yahusha. Ephesians 2.6, and he hath raised us up as building blocks and building boards, tabernacle together he made us fit and sit together in heavenly places in messiah yahusha it's time to be higher minded higher minded and to reach out from this earthly sensual experience that's what i see but the only way that it truly can happen is not by whitewashing the outward ohel, is by first of all, we must be touched in the heart by the sprinkling of the blood, and then we must put the word, the book of the covenant, sprinkled by his blood in our heart, and then by the reading of the, the word and the renewing of the blood of Yahushua, that changes my mind, changes my thinking. I move to the um, Kadosh place, the holy place. My mind and my thinking has changed now because the Kadosh HaKodashim was changed. It now relates to the Kadosh place and now it starts to change in my outer court and what I do. You cannot serve the living Yahuwah and live as the nations because they live in profanity. That is the distinction between the one true living Elohim. He is an Elohim of separation. He separated us from Egypt. He separated Abraham from Mesopotamia. He separated the house of Judah from Babylon after 70 years. And he separated us from death through the resurrection of Mashiach. Man, it's some powerful stuff, isn't it? I have no idea how long I went. But let's see if you've got anything to say in the chat, if you're even still here, if I'm even still live. There's going to have to be some major editing on this, right? All right, let's see if I can find you. All right, there you are. We're on my phone today because I ran out of power on the, on the rest of it. All right. Have a little sit here. 
Let's see if I can even... I don't think I can see the red lining on the phone. Let's do all the chat. Okie dokie. Well, C.I. Wasik says, I have no problem with bloody. I realize it comes from the British, and I love the British. I love them. Thank you so much, but I have been reprimanded many times. But that one is a tough one to crack, you know. That one is a little bit, you know, it just is. Sorry. Sorry there, everybody. Emissary of Elohim, Shabbat Shalom. Are we live on this camera, Moshe? Yes, Moshe there. What you sow in tears, you will reap in joy. He trades us beauty, Yapeth, for ashes. He gives us blood for stone, his heart. He repairs broken for new. Baruch Hashem, Yahweh, thank you so much. All right, let's see. I'll have a little sip. Shabbat Shalom, Kevin Niebling up there in the northern Oregon, Baruch Hashem Yahuwah. All right, let's see. All right, here. Larry Peterson, just like Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz, you were there, and you were there. I was. It was. Truth like Velcro. Shabbat Shalom. Mishkan. The resting place. Ah, right. Yeah, I don't. I don't use that that word anymore. I used to use the word Shekinah, Shekinah, but I realized it was it was um, a bunch of rabbinic Kabbalistic nonsense, and it doesn't actually appear in the Bible at all. The word is Kavod. Yahweh's Kavod. But um, Shakan is different. Shekinar is a totally fabricated Kabbalic word. So I don't use that anymore, but I am not condemning you, truth like Velcro. I used to use it, and somebody corrected me, and I no longer do. So thank you, whoever that was. Baruch Hashem Yahuwah. Burn, baby, burn, and Diesel Grandpa. Yes, you sent me a video back in the day of you burning some vinyl, didn't you? Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah. The Libby Tube, oh, thank you. Tamara Nolan, thanks for your perseverance. <laughs> Libby's like, I'm praying for you, Tamara Nolan. <laughs> thank you for your perseverance. We love you and your family. May Yahuwah richly bless you. Thank you so much, Libby. Yes, can you imagine? I mean, Libby put up with me for one Sukkot. Can you imagine my wife? My good night! Frenchie, isn't the tabernacle where our pineal gland is? Expand, Frenchie, expand. I like it. I like it. Ah, yes. Oh, yes. Here, see, faith over fear at Tamara Nolan. I also see all the ladies are having empathy for my poor beloved wife because they're seeing my outrageous behavior today. <laughs> At Tamra Nolan, I also had the same experience with my spouse. Brought him when he was so lost and in the gutters. Yes. 
<laughs> see, see, all I had to do was just share a little bit, little bit. And they're like, oh, we're going to have to pray for that Tamara Nolan. Oh, my goodness. Oh, we didn't know. We thought he was like this holier than thou guy. But now, oh, my goodness. Well, you know, it's the truth. Whatever I am is a lot. I told my son this the other night, last night. I said, son, I said, whatever, didn't I say this, Moshe? I said, whatever good you see in me, it's only because Yahushua has changed me. Because I used to be a wicked, evil man. And I want you to be better than what I am. You know, and look at you now with your grandson. I see the same thing. And I want the same for you too. Yeah, praise Yahuwah. Praise Yahuwah. Oh. Faith over fear. Thank you, Abba. That was 34 years ago. He's a new man. All praises and glory to Yahuwah, our King. Hallelujah. Praise Yahuwah. That's good, isn't it? All right. Let's see. I don't know where I'm at. Oh, yeah. Okay. Truth like Velcro, at Torah to the tribes, that's why the evil cabal tries to destroy our, destroy our pineal gland, because that is how we see Elohim, it is where we feel the joy. You know what, if you want to do something really weird right now, let me see if I can find it for you. It was, I'm going to give you the website right now, it will really freak you out. Give me a second here. Yeah, 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 here it is, here it is, let me get it, oh, yes, okay, okay, you want to see something crazy, go to speed test, speed test, oh, yeah, let's see, I don't know if I'm going to get the whole browser, am I going to get it? If you Google 5G, well, don't Google, DuckDuckGo, 5G worldwide map, and then in, in, the, in the browser it should bring up Ookla 5G map, tracking 5G networks, rollouts around the world. And the app browser is speedtest.net. And um, my goodness, it's got all the maps of talking about affecting the pineal gland. It's got the rollout map of um, the 5G all over the world and what's live and where they are and you know they're everywhere like down the road from me and you know you can just see them they're, they're just absolutely and you can expand and um, contract and they get bigger they're just everywhere so yeah somebody brought that to my attention I was like oh yeah because it just rolled out a couple of weeks ago maybe just a week ago so yeah anyway Watch your pineal gland. Tin foil hats, everybody. Tin foil hats. Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah. Well, my brethren, William R. finishes with Yeshayahu 42, verse 8. I am Yahuwah, Yahuwah, that is my name, and my kavod, that's the word, glory, etzim, 
I do not give to another, nor my praise to idols. Baruch Hashem Yahweh. I love it when you put scripture in the chat, brethren. Emissary of Elohim, Kifabet, one, two. Favor and shalom be increased in you in the knowledge of Elohim and of Yahusha, our master. Baruch Hashem Yahweh and giant killer, actor to the triopes. Hey, I live my life in the gutter. Yes, you do, giant killer. And that is a generational iniquity because Diesel Grandpa lives his life in the gutter too because that is what the gutter smiths do up there in Snohomish County. I love it, you gutter smiths. Bunch of you gutter smiths. Much more truth. No editing needing. This isn't a cafeteria plan. Well, thank you, Much More Truth. Hey, Much More Truth, put up in the chat what's happening in the world. I know you've been watching a lot of things. Are we? Um, what's going on with the volcano? The volcano. I know you had your eyes on that for a while. I haven't heard anything about that lately. Blooming volcano. Well, there you have it. I think I've coming to the end of the chat. Thomas Hughes wants to do a spot of idol smashing. That would feel good, wouldn't it? You know, they do have those places. There's one right downtown here where you can pay and you go in and just smash stuff. What is? Do you know about that, Moshe? What is it called? I don't know, but people pay, pay to go in and smash stuff. That wouldn't work for me. That, you know, I, that just wouldn't work for me. I would need to smash idols. Now that I could get well into. That, I would pay big money to do that. Now that, that could be a new business, right? Is you go around all the churches and you, you buy all their idols on the cheap, put them in one place, and then all the Hebrew Israelite brethren we go and smash them. Man, that would feel good, wouldn't it? Be like a worship service, wouldn't it? We'd play some choir music or some worship music, maybe some Paul Wilbur, and just go in there and just, oh, that, I would like that. You know, get some icons and get, you know, some Catholic paraphernalia in there. You could get stuff from all various religions, couldn't you? Oof, now that... Now you're talking my language. Hey, put it up in the chat if you'd like to join me smashing some idols. <laughs> oh. There was a 447, 477 mile long lightning flash on February 1st, Kevin Niebling. I didn't know that. Go to 1858 at Torah to the Tribes, please. Malki Zedek wife. 1858, okay. Oh, well, there you go. That's because they're not in Oregon. They're in Tennessee. In Tennessee, they do decent things like that, like idol burning. A church in Tennessee had an idol burning last Wednesday evening. Good, good, good. Well, that's going to be your new business, Giant Killer, right, when you move to Tennessee. Yes, there you go. Um, B&K Texas says... Search out detoxing your pineal gland. All right. 
Well, number one, you'd start with these things, wouldn't you? With the phone. All right, let's see. Any other more? Oh, look at that. Emissary of Elohim says, Ukla is the name of an idol demon. Well, that's. I told you to go look on that um, 5G, and then they've named it after an idol demon. Thank you, Emissary Elohim. Well, there you go. Cameron Milray, do you think the mandates will be lifted in Oregon soon? Don't know, don't care. Doesn't affect me. I do what I want anyway. Mandates are for, for, for um, persons, they're not for me. Unless, of course, you want to capitulate to that stupid, but I don't. I go where I want and I do what I want. And I don't harm people, I don't damage property, and I make sure I'm very careful with any contracts. And apart from that, you can leave me the Henry alone. <laughs> and they do. That's <laughs> uh, pretty fun, isn't it? Mm. All right, silliness. Enough of this nonsense. Let's smash hashtag. Let's smash idols. All right, we want to see that hashtag. Every single Shabbat sister light to donations. Let's smash our hashtag. Let's smash idols. I think that should be part of Torah. To, I think we should make a Moshe. We need to make a Torah to the tribes T-shirt about that. I'm about that. I'm all about that. That's about how I would like to express myself today. And Baruch Hashem Yahuwah, we're finished with much more truth, just popped up at the bottom. Torah to the tribes, Ephesians 2, the prince of the air, 5G. Oh, we shall see, right? We shall see, especially when you connect that with the graphene oxide and all of the stuff that they, you know what I mean? Ooh. Wow. Anyway, we are the living tabernacle. And I, no matter what happens to me or to you, if you have had the construction done correctly, that's some reconstructive surgery that no man can do anything about. Death, where is thy sting? And I know that those building boards are not connected to this earth and that my citizenship is in the heavens. Baruch Hashem, Yahuwah. All of you that are watching, Yevarechacha Yahuwah Vayishmerecha, Yeir Yahuwah Panavelecha Vichonecha, Yesa Yahuwah Panavelecha Vayasim Lecha Lecha Shalom. May Yahuwah bless you and keep you. May Yahuwah's face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May Yahuwah lift up his countenance upon you and grant you shalom. In the name of the Sa Shalom, Yahusha. HaMashiach. Shabbat Shalom. Get that 12 stack on the rack and devour the Torah portions and we'll eat bread together, Yahweh willing, next Shabbat.